unexpected, but I'm awake now. At least it wasn't White Rabbit. Like I think my first episode. I think my heart like is beating fast now. I need to calm down. <laughs> oh. But we got it to work. I'm glad we got it to work. We got it to work. I thought we were over our technical <laughs> never misadventures. Never. New apartment, no. same issues. How is your new apartment? Good. Very good. You have to take me on a video Skype tour of it later. I will. Or just send pictures, whichever is easier. Pictures might be easier, but it's very homey. And it's very homey right now because my Christmas tree is up. So it's very like warm looking and I have a fireplace. So it it looks very. (gasps) You have a fireplace in your apartment? But I'm never (gasps) going to use it ever because it's a wood burning fireplace. I'm like, this is. That's kind of weird for them to have an apartment. So I feel because I don't think I've ever heard of an apartment with a fireplace in it because usually they don't want people to start fires in their apartments. Yep. No, it's a fireplace, but I'm never going to use it. Mm hmm. Oh, that'd be awesome. I would love um, it. This was the upgrade because they told me the day before my move that my apartment was no longer available. So this was my apartment upgrade that I had to negotiate down <laughs> the price. <laughs> That's good, though. You got an upgraded apartment for lower rent. Yeah. Yeah. So. I'll take it. Yeah. You tell me twenty less than 24 hours before I'm moving that I don't have an apartment. You better do something to help me. Oh, God. That's a nightmare. <laughs> moving is also really... It's always really stressful. It's traumatic. Hated it. Didn't like it. We made it, though. Me and the cat. You will eventually. And then it'll just become a big adventure when you tell the story later. Oh, my God. It was was fine. The actual, like, driving was fine. The cat was really good. She slept for two days, so. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Kind of like me on a weekend. Oh, and also, Happy New Year. This podcast comes out on January 1st. Oh, yeah. That's right. It is our first one of the year. And on the first day of the year. Mm-hmm. Are you going to bum us out like first thing in 2020? No, I'm not. This is not a bummer. This is a really? weird, weird story. Okay. Do you want to know what it is? I do. But first, I'm Dana. And I'm Kristen. And thank you for joining us in 2020. With the darker side of life. Welcome. And now, now you can tell us your weird okay. story. All right. So I'm going to talk today about the bizarre road trip of the Trump family. <gasps> I've heard of this. And I'm so happy you didn't think I said Trump. <laughs> I have to enunciate because every like podcast I listened to on this, they were like, not the Trump family. It's the Trump family. T-R-O-M-P. Especially if you're like me and have an accent and some of my words sound all the same. This is the Trump family in Australia. So you know this case? It's sort of. I've heard about it on other podcasts and I've read about it like a while back. Okay. So again, this is one where I can probably tell you off the top of my head the basics, but the fine details I don't remember. Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you the fine details. Good, because the story is really interesting. It's I think really people are odd. people are gonna be happy with this one. I mean not happy, but unlike some of our podcasts, this does kind of have a happier ending to it. Um but it's a very just bizarre story that I'll talk about. Yeah. And then I'll kind of go into some of the theories of what they think happened in this case. Okay. So the Trump family, they were by all accounts, a normal family. There was Mark Trump, who was the father. He was 51 years old. Uh, the mother was Jacoba, 53. I've also heard her called Kobe, but we're going to just call her Jacoba, which Probably I think a nickname. is a really cool name. Jacoba. They had three kids. They had Rihanna, who was 29, Mitchell was 25, and Ella, 22. 
And they all lived at the family farm in a town called Sylvan, which was right outside um, Melbourne or Melbourne, as they say in Australia. <laughs> Melbourne. Melbourne. <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> like a Did I say country Australian accent. You said Melbourne. <laughs> they would hate me if I ever went to Australia. <laughs> Melbourne. <laughs> I should not talk anywhere I go. <laughs> So I'm the, sorry, Australia. <laughs> we apologize. We're going to try with these names. The family had a really successful farm where they grew red currants. I think that's a berry. They make um, jelly out of that. We yeah. eat red currant jelly a lot on toast. So it was a red currant farm, and they also had an earth moving business on the property. And okay. the kids all lived on the farm. They worked seven days a week. So if you know farm life, like it, farm it doesn't kids. stop. So yep. you, you're working seven days a week. So pretty busy, probably a little stressful. But on Monday, August 29th, 2016, without any warning, the whole family fled their farm, taking Ella's SUV, and they started driving north. And this wasn't like a, oh, hey, it's a nice day. Let's take a trip. This was like they were fleeing their home. Something was happening. They were scared. And um, a sergeant who would later work the case and who had known the family for years, his name was Mark Knight. He would later say this was the most bizarre case in 30 years that he had ever seen. So on the police force, three decades, he never saw anything like this. Did they take anything with them, like money, passports? No. They left behind everything, including their phones, their passports, oh. their credit cards. They took cash with them. So, oh, yeah, this was very like off the grid. We're leaving. You're not taking anything with you. But the there was one family member who did manage to take his phone, and that was the son, Mitchell. But only 19 miles into the road trip, Mitchell was forced to throw the phone out the window of the car because his parents told him they were being tracked by cell phones. So they didn't even want the cell phone in the car. So they're like, we're being tracked. Someone's following us. Someone wants to hurt us. Throw your cell phone out. So Mitchell threw the cell phone out. So a little odd, like something's going on. They're sca- the family's scared of something. On the first day, the family drove from Sylvan north to Bathurst in New South Wales. And this was about 500 miles from their home. So 500 miles on day one of just driving. Yeah. On Tuesday, August 30th at 7 a.m., the son Mitchell decides he's had enough and he's leaving the family. And according to Mitchell, he said that at this point, like he had enough. He realized that the fear that his family was feeling, that they were being followed, that somebody wanted to kill them, like he realized it wasn't really based on anything real and he needed to get out. Like he was like, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. He wanted his phone back. <laughs> like, give me my phone. <laughs> so out of everyone, it seems to be that Mitchell seems to kind of have the most clear state of mind at this point. And he would later go on to say that the reason why he left with the family wasn't because he thought, okay, we're actually being followed. He really just wanted to know where they were going and kind of wanted to know what was going on. So it was kind of like he wanted to keep an eye on his family, yeah. realizing something's happening, something's not right. So I'm just going to go with them. so he's the middle child yes how old is he 25 
Oh, okay. I thought he would be a lot younger, but yeah. I mean, it seems to me too. I only have one sibling, but if my parents and my sister were like, "All right, we gotta go," I might go with you just because. I mean, you're my family. I'd have no reason not to trust you, right? And I'll talk about that a little more at the end, like you know what you might think is kind of crazy and that you would never do. You might actually do because right. it's your family, right? So Mitchell leaves and he starts to head back to Sylvan via Sydney. Like they're not too far out of Sydney. So he can, he heads to Sydney to try and get back home. And he would later go on to say that he wished that he hadn't left. And he's quoted as saying, I thought getting out was the best idea for me at the time. In hindsight, I should have tried to stay with them and try to help them back around and talk to them more. But I got out of the car. So I kind of question that, like, why would you leave your family if you're worried about them? But maybe he thought, okay, I can go back home and maybe get some help and we'll ha- I'll be able to help him more by leaving. So, Or again, how families go sometimes. Maybe he's just like, they'll be fine. <laughs> I'm not even worried about them. <laughs> Bye, guys. Maybe they'll argue a lot and it's just like, fine, I don't care. I can never <laughs> see you again. And it's just how families fight sometimes. As far as I can tell, this family is a really close family. There was no reports of any arguments. There was no domestic violence reports. Like, this is a really close family. They all live on this family farm together. They all live together. So, So after Mitchell left, the rest of the family continued on to the Janolan Caves near the Blue Mountains. And I was reading a little bit about this on Reddit, and there was a user that said, this isn't an easy place to get to, like... The drive can be kind of difficult, especially if you're not in your right state of mind, like it seemed like the Trump family was. And it's not really a place you just kind of like end up in. Like you really have to be trying to get to this place. You need some kind of like off-road vehicle, four-wheel drive, high clearance. Right. Like those are the kind of roads that I imagine to get there. Like you have to want to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's kind of what they what they were implying. And probably roads that you're not just going to see and drive off on. You're probably ones that you're going to see and think you're going to frame out and get stuck. At this point, they're near the Janolan Caves, and the two daughters, Ella and Rihanna, decide to separate from their parents. So they break off, and they're like, we're leaving. Goodbye. So to do this, the two sisters actually steal a car. Oh, jeez. Yes. So Mitchell just kind of heads to Sydney to get public transportation or trains to go back, but they're the sisters steal a car and they end up driving south to a place called Goldburn and it's about two hours from Sydney and then once the sisters get to Goldburn they actually report their mom and dad missing and there is where the police and Sylvan back at their home are made aware of this missing family good for them it it, it was kind of odd though because I'm like why would you report your parents missing when wouldn't you know where they were well, if you know where they are, but you need help, it's mm-hmm. probably uh, it's probably just the first step. Because I don't know, how would authorities react if you walked up to them and said, hey, we just like all left our farm. And then, I don't know, if you were kind of a member of the party in the beginning, and then you left later. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? It makes no sense. It does. You kind of don't really know how to explain it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I think my mom and dad are in danger and they're up here at these caves. They might just be like, okay, we'll send somebody out. Or it's like, my parents are missing. That means check home, check the caves, check Sydney. Right. And plus, you don't know where the brother is at this time, so. Right. And they're probably confused, too, at this point about what's what's going on. So In two hours, they could not be at the caves anymore. Right. 
So the police back in Sylvan go to the Trump family farm and they find the house unlocked. Even the cars are unlocked with keys in the ignition. And according to an article that was written um, by the Daily Telegraph, it looked like the Trumps had gone through years of financial records on the farm before they left. So there were just like piles of these documents that were sitting out along with credit cards, passports, and cell phones, which again, they left behind. So they were going through something. And there was one police officer, I couldn't find his name, but he was quoted as saying the piles were very ordered and they were clearly looking for something. It's like going through your past seven years of tax records. Right. So what were they looking for? I don't know, but they're good record keepers, obviously. Right. All right. So this is kind of where it gets a little weirder. Ella and Rihanna, again, they split from their parents, and then they report their family missing. And the sisters actually split up at this point. So Why? Again, yes, why? Why no, would you split up from do your that. siblings? Don't, no, no, y'all just stay together and go home. Right, but they're not, something's not okay in their minds. Yeah, something's not okay since the story started. <laughs> Ella wanted to go home, and Rihanna didn't. Ella said she just wanted to go back home because she needed to take care of her horses, which I love. Like she's yep. just like, I just got to take care of my horses. Like that would be me. I would be like, I just have to take care of my cat. Like please just get me. I have home. To be, I have to be home by six. They eat at six. I am going to steal car and I'm going to go back home to feed my animal. So Ella takes the stolen car and she starts driving home, leaving Rihanna behind. And again, it gets weirder from here. A local man named Keith Whittaker is driving his truck and he's been driving for a while, maybe about an hour or so, when he feels a kick in the back of his seat, like something hits the back of his seat. So he's like, what is happening? He stops what? the car, no. looks behind his seat, and he finds no. Rihanna Trump laying in the back of his car behind his seat. Oh, so no, no. He obviously is shocked and trying to he's trying to talk to her but she won't respond and he describes her as being catatonic and said she wouldn't answer questions wouldn't say who she was wouldn't even speak to him she's just like laying there staring up at him and he's quoted as saying i turned around and saw two legs stretched across the back between my seat and the floor she was laying on the floor i got an extreme shock so like, I would have ran off the road. Well, I, I, mean, he, I think he stopped at that point. Yeah. It like, you go, what do you do? Do you take her to the hospital? Do you take her to the cop? She's not saying anything. And they're going to think he kidnapped her. I mean, her parents are reported missing. He did call the police. He didn't know what was happening at this point. He just knows there's this catatonic girl who's staring at me. Yeah, poor both of them, poor really. It's a no-win situation. But he does call the co call the police for someone good, to come good. and help her. So he's not just, like, he seems like a really good guy. And um, so the police come. They take Rihanna, and they take her to Goldburn Hospital, where she is admitted for, quote, mental illness. Um, it isn't known how long she ended up staying there, but I think it's at least, like, it's at least a few months that she's put into this hospital. We don't months. really know. Yeah, it's months. We don't really know what happened when she was there, but she was admitted for at least a few months. Ella, who had taken the car, she makes it back home that night. And when she gets there, the police are already there searching the house. 
The next day, Wednesday, August 31st, Mitchell makes it back to the family home by train, which I'm kind of like, how did he pay? How, how did he get there? I guess he had maybe cash with him. Um, obviously, didn't have credit cards, but he yeah. took a train from Sydney back to their home. So Ella's there. Um, meanwhile, the police are looking for Mark and Jacoba at Janolan Caves, where Ella and Rihanna had reported them missing. But authorities don't realize that Mark and Jacoba at this point are actually near a place called Wangarada. And that is south of Janolan Caves and the Blue Mountains. So they drove back south. So they go north and then they go south again. And they're in Wangarada. Two hours later, I was right. They could be gone. Yeah. So they're just kind of like driving around at this point. And okay, again, bizarre. At this point, Jacoba separates from her husband and leaves him. And she ends up traveling by bus north to a town called Yas, Y-A-S-S, in New South Wales. Yas. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yas. 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> it's an actual town. I looked it up. <laughs> Australia probably hates me right now. <laughs> we love you, Australia. I think we have listeners in Australia. I thought when you said Yas, and I was like, okay, that's probably how it's spelled, but I'm Yas. just not going to react. And they're like, Y-A-S-S. And I'm like, you spelled that for me because you knew I would laugh. <laughs> so she's she's in this town she's in Yas and it's I don't know it's just so weird that they drive north then drive south and then she goes north again to this town while Mark stays in Wangarata still in Ella's SUV so that same night there is a couple they're out driving you're gonna love this they're playing Pokemon Go yes I love Pokemon Go. (laughs) They start to be tailgated by an SUV. They say that the car is tailgating so close that they can barely see the headlights. So there's a car like right on their butt. Yeah. And so they're a little weirded out. They're a little irritated and they end up pulling over to the side of the road, probably hoping like this person is just going to pass us, just get them out of the way. But the SUV pulls over as well. They said that the man in the car got out, ran toward their car, and then stopped in the middle of the road and just stood there and stared at the couple for at least a few minutes before turning and walking into the Mariwa Park and disappearing into the woods. Creepy. Like, out of a horror movie. Like, can you imagine just sitting in your car watching this person just, like, run toward (laughs) you and then just stop and stare? I would just, I'd just go at that point. I'd be like, yeah, nope, I'm done. It. We're done. <laughs> We're in a car. Just go. Mouth. Just drive. Um, it was believed that that was Mark Trump because the car matched Ella's SUV. He had left it behind. Keys in the ignition. I don't know if the police actually were able to confirm this for sure, but it seems like it would be kind of easy because it would match the car. The police did, did come out and they tried to find Mark in um, the woods where he had wandered off into, but they couldn't find any trace of him. All they had was the car that had been left behind. There had also been a string of break-ins at local hotels in the area that the police had been investigating. And some people believe that that had been Mark Trump, who was breaking in the, into the hotels for a place to stay. Oh, okay. So this leads us to Thursday, September 1st, and um, Jacoba is found. She's kind of, 
a passerby finds her like wandering on the side of the road and she looks paranoid and is in like a really agitated state. So the passerby calls the police for her. Like somebody needs to help this woman. Um, So the police come, they pick up Jacoba and she is taken to the same hospital as her daughter is at Rihanna in Goldburn. So obviously they, they recognize her because this is becoming a pretty big story in the area. So they're like, okay, we're going to take you to this hospital. This is where your daughter is. And Jacoba is also admitted for, quote, mental illness. She stayed there for, I read it was at least six months. Um, wow. Yeah. So there was a doctor at the hospital who had assessed Jacoba and said her mental health was, quote, not at a good standard. So I think she was really... She was really suffering from something. Something was That's happening with her. a long time to be in a hospital. Six months, yeah. Usually it's kind of treated and released or you're under evaluation for a couple days and you're okay, but six months. And I don't know if that's for sure. That's just different things that I read. That's kind of what they thought. And again, I don't know how it is in Australia with medical records, but we, you know, here in the United States, you you don't really know what somebody is treated for because of HIPAA laws and everything. So we don't really know what she went through. Also on September 1st, Mitchell appeared on a newscast after his mom was found to ask for any information on his still missing dad. Mitchell says he's confused by the quote paranoid behavior from his parents. And he says, I've never seen anyone like this or anyone conduct themselves in this way. I just really want my dad to be found. He's not dangerous. He's my mate, my father. I love him. Aww. So, yeah. So at this point, it's, they still don't know where their father is. And that has to be terrifying. You don't like you've just gone through this really confusing experience. You don't know what's happened and your father's still missing. And it wasn't until Saturday, September 3rd, that Mark Trump was finally found. He was spotted running along a street that was close to the airport in Wangaratta. A passerby spotted him and called the police because they recognized who he was. Good, good. The police, which I love that people are realizing these, like, this family needs help. And they're, like, calling police for help, not, like, you need to arrest them. They're crazy. Like, they're recognizing these people are struggling. Yeah. And it's, like, please come and help them. They really need help to where there doesn't seem to be any, like, violence that is involved that sometimes we see here in the States. Yeah, here in America, who knows what's going to happen if they calls the police on you for running down the road. So Mark was picked up by a police officer. He was taken back to the station where his mental health and current state were assessed for several hours. He was there for several hours before he was finally released to his brother, who was a police officer. Hours? Hours. The other one's been in for months and he's in for hours? Well, he's at the police station. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you meant hospital. No, he's at the police station. Um, so I guess he was maybe well enough that they felt like they could release him to his family. Well, could they charge him with anything? Probably not. I mean, there was one charge against Ella for stealing the car. Oh, of course. But I just spoiler alert, the family whose car it was ended up dropping the charges because they realized like, okay, something was happening. We don't want to press charges. So that turned out fine. That was the only charge. Because, yeah, she did steal a car. Yeah, so I guess they can't keep him longer then unless they determine that he's psychologically like a danger or something to somebody. Right. And and they did release him to his brother, who is a police officer. So maybe they felt, okay, okay this good. is somebody that can handle him. 
but Mark can be seen on video leaving the police station. He's in the passenger seat of his brother's car and he gives the middle finger to oh. news cameras. So he's not <laughs> happy. Like he's obviously not happy about what is going on. Um, he would later apologize for this and thank he thanked people in the community for their concern and resources in the whole situation. Yeah, um, you know, in the moment, you're probably not happy. Flip him off. Who cares? Well, he might not be okay mentally at that point still. That's like, true. He might still be thinking somebody is trying to kill him. And he, like, he didn't, he, like, his face was covered. He didn't even want to show his face. Well, too, if you do it like this, a lot of places have to blur it out. So if you hold it right in front of your face, this is a little tip for anybody that doesn't want to be on TV, especially in America. Flip the camera, uh, flip the bird to the cameras and hold it right in front of your face. That way, when they blur it out, they blur out your face, too. <laughs> I remember that. So... Mark didn't even give an explanation of what had happened. All right. So at this point, all of the Trump family is accounted for, but there is still no explanation about what has happened. Um, Sergeant Mark Knight, I mentioned him before he was working the case. He was also a family friend. He said he had not been aware of any history of diagnosed mental illness. And I, I say diagnosed. That was a word I put in there because people obviously can be suffering from mental illness and you are not diagnosed with mental illness and suddenly it just shows up one day. Um, Knight also said there was no evidence of drug use, no debts, or that the family had been involved in any type of cult, which that was what a lot of people were theorizing on social media as this was happening. They're thinking, okay, did they get involved in a cult, some kind of organization they had to flee? Um, No, there wasn't any any evidence of any of this. The farm was doing well. They didn't owe money. It would come out later through some media coverage and talking to family members that Mark and Jacoba had been showing signs of mental stress leading up to the events. And they started to believe that someone was out to rob and kill them. Um, After Mark Trump was picked up, Mitchell and Ella were actually interviewed at their family home, but they didn't have any explanation. I think people were hoping that they would come out and say, hey, this is what happened. But Mitchell stated, I've never seen anything like it. It's really hard to explain or put a word on it, but they were just fearing for their lives and then they decided to flee. It was a buildup of different normal everyday events, just pressure, and it slowly got worse as the days went by. And then Ella said, it's very confusing. I still feel very confused. I think our state of minds weren't in the best place and there's no reason for it. It's bizarre. So they kind of are saying like, we don't really know what happened. We can't explain this. It just happened. And we're just as confused as you guys are. And there has never been any kind of solid explanation for what happened to that family. But there are some theories if you would like to know them. Okay. So the first theory is that the family was somehow poisoned from some kind of toxin from the farm or some kind of chemical um, okay. or from carbon monoxide um, because the farm obviously would have chemicals that they would use. Some thought that maybe there was some kind of poisoning that led to hallucinations and apparently also carbon monoxide poisoning can lead to hallucinations as well. So they thought, Maybe there was some kind of toxin on the farm. The family started to hallucinate that something was happening that wasn't, and then they fled. But also, it seemed like it didn't affect Mitchell. Right. 
any at all. He just kind of went along with everything. And police didn't find any evidence of any toxin contamination. Um, Also, you would think that the family would maybe improve as they got further from the farm. You know, if they're getting away from the toxin or if they're eating something, maybe that has something in it. They weren't over these last couple days. Um, And it seemed like instead of improving all but maybe like Mitchell and Ella, they actually got worse. Like Rihanna and Jacoba ended up in the hospital and didn't improve as they got further from the farm. Mark seemed to be like on a steady spiral down. And also, why wouldn't the family later just come out and be like, yeah, we were affected by this chemical or this poison or carbon monoxide poisoning because so many people were questioning you know, what was going on with them or were they crazy or involved in some of these like nefarious activities, you would think they would want, if there was like a simple explanation, like chemicals, they would want to like come out and clear their name and say, this is what happened. We're not crazy. We're not in a cult. It was just this chemical, but they still have to this day not said anything about it. Theory two is Mm -hmm. that someone really was after them and wanted to kill them. But and why? But why? Yes. And people say this could explain why they left so fast without anything that could track them. But the police found no evidence that anyone was after them. They didn't know money. They didn't have debts. The farm was doing very well. They didn't have enemies. Nothing. So, oh. I have a question. Yes. Well, not really a question, but it's more of an observation. If they really thought somebody was out to kill them. Mm-hmm. The guy's brother was a cop. Why didn't he tell him? You think he would have been like, hey, um, kind of feel in danger for my life over here. I feel right. like the brother that was an officer would know about that. Well, maybe, maybe not. If yeah. the family's involved in something, they might have kept the brother out of it. So my question would be, if you think you're being followed or someone's going to kill you, why do you let your kids leave? Like all the kids separated from the parents at some point. Right. If somebody's after them, you think the parents would actually tell the kids what's happening and wouldn't let them leave. Like, so I don't know if like Mitchell ran away when they weren't looking or if it was just kind of a, hey, we're leaving goodbye. But you would think that Mark and Jacoba, if they were fearing for their lives, would not let their children leave out of their sight but they did i wonder how much cash they took and i wonder if there's any records of large withdrawals made as far as the police could tell there was nothing weird about anything that like anything with their account your money because the farm's doing it first of all robbing a farm yeah i mean you're not gonna get much money have all that stuff in the bank but they wouldn't leave their credit cards and bank statements out for anybody to pick up and go to an atm and withdraw your money right well they're not thinking. So this is clearly. bigger than money in their minds. It's yeah. not just people are after money. They're after you. You. Also, the family was never really off the grid. So when you think about Australia, at least for me, I think of the outback. Like I think of this like vast outback, very off the grid type of remote terrain. But the family was never far from a large town. So they weren't in the outback. They weren't anywhere remote. So if someone was really after them, why would they stay near a bigger town? Why wouldn't they try to go completely off the grid to where no one's going to find them? Um, Why drive in all directions instead of just going to one place that's off the grid? So that's where I think this theory maybe kind of falls apart. Right. Um, So the third and last theory is the one that is thought to be what happened. And it is something that is called 
folly ado. And it translates to madness of two. It is a psychological condition that is very rare, but it seems to occur in tight knit families or with couples. So you can also have, you know, you have folly ado, which is madness of two. You can have folly a trois, madness of three. So you can have like however many number of people are suffering from this. Um, there is, you might have this written down for all I know, but there's these two twins. Yes, Ursula I'm going to talk about that. Sabina Erickson. Okay. We're gonna talk, good. I'm going to briefly touch on it. Um, good, good, good. Yeah. That's where I actually learned this term a couple that's years ago. That's where I first, I had it in the back of my mind when mm-hmm. you were telling the story and I'm like, I'm going to bring this up later because it sounds like some kind of shared psychosis mm-hmm. incident, but I'm glad you're going to bring up that particular incident because that's the one that, yeah, that comes to mind when I hear about it. Yep, that's the one most people talk about when they kind of connect these two cases and make a case for the Trump family suffering from folly ado. Um, it the term was first coined because of a French couple that was exhibiting paranoid and delusional behavior. They thought somebody was sneaking into their house at night, leaving lint around, like little pieces of lint, what? while wearing their shoes to wear down the treads. Yeah, so like Whoa. doctors don't really know you know, in this case from the couple who started with the delusion, but they believe that one person started exhibiting this, this, like these delusions first, and then they pass it on to the other one, which it creates a cycle of the shared delusion and they continue to reinforce each other. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, you think of couples who are living together or families, one person starts exhibiting this and everyone else starts to kind of believe it themselves. Well, it kind of snowballs. It's like if one person says something and the other person elaborates on it and you just keep stacking things on the stories and it becomes this huge thing that you get worked up and paranoia about. Right, exactly. So you kind of have that primary person that starts and then you have that secondary person who takes on those delusions as well. So in this case with the Trump family, a lot of people believe that Mark Trump was the primary sufferer of these delusions and that Jacoba was the secondary and that their behavior started cycling um, before they before they fled. And then obviously they kind of passed it on to their children with Rihanna, who seemed to be the most affected of the children and ended up hospitalized, which I think that's I'm just so curious why she ended up why she ended up kind of the third in the cycle and couldn't break free like Mitchell and Ella could. Um, and again, there is another well-known case of folly ado with Ursula and Sabina Erickson. They were Swedish twin sisters who people have said exhibited signs of folly ado. And I'm not going to go into the whole story because it's kind of a podcast in itself. Um, it's very complicated. I was kind of struggling to try and figure out how to whittle this down to a basic couple sentences. But basically, these sisters on a trip to London began to suffer this breakdown um, where they believe Ursula was the primary and passed on these delusions to Sabine. Sabina. Sabina? I think Sabina. Sabina. I have Sabina. One of them. They would eventually run into oncoming traffic several times on a busy motorway. Um, both were hit by cars. And then when first responders came, they would yell things at the responders. You know, you're going to steal my organs, um, becoming very violent with them. They would call for the police, even though the police were standing there. Sabina Erickson, once she was released from the hospital, um, she was taken in by a stranger who let her stay at his house. She ended up killing him and fleeing the scene. And then Spoiler alert. by fleeing. Yeah. <laughs> 
by fleeing, she jumped off a bridge. So, and survived. That that story is insane. And survived, yes. But actually, tragic. in her defense, they used the Foliadu defense saying she had taken on these delusions from her sister and it was kind of that twin bond that um, made them kind of go into this cycle of delusions together. You say twin and then you say Ursula and then I want to say Phoebe. Phoebe. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Also something I thought about, you might be able to make a case that the Salem witch trials would be a case of what would be called folia folia group um i can't pronounce this word it's french but it means madness of several so yeah i've seen kind of salem mentioned in a couple things that it's almost that mob mentality and that a couple girls started um exhibiting these behaviors as we talked about in my salem episode and then that spreads to everybody else and Everyone was reinforcing each other and kind of sharing in this madness. Um, also, you will like this. There was a um, user on Reddit called I Broke Wahoo's Leg. And yes. I love Reddit usernames. I'm going to have another good one for you soon. But they mentioned Dyatlov. I knew you were going to say Dyatlov fast. I read that and I was like, oh my I knew it. gosh. And of course, the like gears in my brain start turning. And I'm like, oh my God, this could totally be a case of this. And I don't know though, but I don't know with them just because they seem so put together. And a lot of people come into the group last minute. And yeah. I mean, you had Sasha, who was kind of the outsider. Right. Who was also a war veteran, possibly PTSD. Who knows? Maybe like they're on this mountain, like. No one expects this to happen. So I don't know. When I read that, I was like, oh, my God, this could be a new theory. I think it's interesting. He did see any bright flashes in the sky, too. He could have some kind of war flashbacks. Because remember, he survived, like, all four years of, like, World War II. And then Mm -hmm. that was really rare for people. Yeah. And And you're in this very close relationship with these people. You're in this very dangerous not dangerous well it is dangerous situation well, yeah i mean you're like a family and if you know what temperatures start exhibiting these signs you might go along with it not realizing so i don't know i thought that was a kind of a cool case um i also did read a funny story on reddit that i did want to mention um i had to laugh and a lot of people were commenting they're like this is the best story ever um from user beef stir fry for you <laughs> hungry reddit usernames are god's gift to the world (laughs) yes they are so he talked about there was a time his family was staying in a hotel together his brother woke up from what they later realized was a nightmare but his brother woke up just screaming no one knew what was going on so they all just started screaming also like along with the brother and then somehow all ended up in the hallway of this hotel just screaming at each other before they yeah before they realized like nothing was going on it was just a nightmare but it was that freak out of like one person starts screaming and then another person starts screaming and pretty soon everybody is just screaming at each other for no reason so i feel like the case of the trump family is a case of folly ado and either mark or jacoba started exhibiting these delusions and this paranoia that got passed on to the other spouse which got passed on to the kids Wow, so, that's so amazing. Though. I know. I, think that, I mean, that to me, that sounds like the most likely scenario. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, 
And it's one of those things I feel like that can easily happen, especially in a close family. Like this family, you're living on a farm, you're working seven days a week, it's probably high stress, you don't get a break, it's constant. You know, maybe one of, you know, Mark or Jacoba, maybe they had undiagnosed mental health problems and it just kind of all of a sudden came to the surface. And, you know, if it's Mark, the person who's closest to him is his wife. So, you know, she might not realize that he's going through this, especially if he's never had any kind of this paranoia before. So I think it's easy for some people to kind of dismiss that family is crazy and be like, oh, that would never happen to me. But like you kind of mentioned earlier, it's if your family starts saying these things, they're your family. You love them. You know, if they've never done this before, then you don't really have reason to be like, okay, they're crazy. What's happening? You're going to probably go along with them. Well, you just don't have a reason to not trust them. Exactly. It's like some people who are the spouses of serial killers or something, and they're like, oh, honey, I'm working late. And I'm like, you have no reason to believe you that they're not reason. working late. I mean, why would you, right. like Ted Bundy's girlfriends or whatever, like that he dated and... Yeah. So if like, I'm, you know, if I'm hanging out with my parents and then one day my dad comes in and he's like, grab your bag, we're leaving. We have to go. I'm going to, okay, like we're going to (laughs) go. These are my parents. I trust them. You know, I might hopefully be more like Mitchell and Ella and realize pretty quickly, okay, something's not right. And this isn't happening, but yeah, I'm going to go along with them. It's that you trust your family. I mean, you just never know when a zombie apocalypse is going to break out and you got to split. Right. I'm like, I'm ready for this. I've been preparing for this for years. I'm surprised you and me haven't had any incidents like that. No, no. <laughs> because you would trust me if I had this mental break that you didn't know about and I just call you one day and I'm like, you need to grab your stuff and go. We right? need to go. You're going to be, like, be like, all right. Okay. <laughs> Where are we meeting? We probably right. would already have like a secret hiding place or secret meeting spot already planned. And it's like, Go to Red Sector A. <laughs> we know what Ten we're four. talking about. <laughs> We'd make up our own language. Um, so the family kind of seemed to go back to normal after this. And about a year after the incident, Rihanna actually gave a statement. Obviously, it's after she's released from the hospital. And she said she did begin to believe her dad's claims that someone was out to get them. And she said it was really just built up stress that led to it. And she says, quote, you have a few things and they do build up. You can get sick in some way. I believe it. Yeah. So, you know, right now with the family, there was an article that was written, you know, about half a year after the incident by Daily Mail. And it posted current pictures from social media. The family really seemed to kind of get back to normal. And they said they had gotten help to work through the issues. Um, I said before there were charges um, brought for Ella stealing the car that were later dropped by the owner. Um, But one thing I just kept wondering, I think, do they wonder every day if this is going to happen again? Like I would watch my parents like a hawk if this had happened and wonder, is this going to happen again? Am I going to wake up one day and mom or dad's fled again that something's happening? Like, does it happen multiple times or is it just kind of a, they get help, they get some, help for their mental health issues and get better so hopefully it's just a one-time thing yes you know I hope they don't I hope they're not haunted by it you know like I hope they don't look back on it and it's just always this ghost that just kind of comes up on them and they can move on from it Mm -hmm. I think they did take down their website for their farm um 
Yeah. And took down like contact information because I imagine they were probably getting a lot of curious probably. people contacting them. And it seems like they just kind of wanted to go back to normal that none of but, them really know what happened or why it happened. Just that something happened to the family and they want to move forward. You know, people deal with stress in different ways, mm-hmm. I guess. You know, I and mean, it can be stressful working on a farm, even though if your farm is doing good one bad year mm-hmm. and you're done, like one blight on your crops. If you have cattle die or something, you can you can really be in a hard position. Yeah. And I don't know, some people here in America get under stress and they pick up a gun and go on a rampage. At least they just went on a road trip. At least they went on a road trip. You know, still a car breaking into some houses. OK, whatever, you know didn't hurt anyone they didn't hurt anyone and I'm happy like I said before that people actually reached out to help them instead of calling the police to be like this person's crazy come arrest them it seemed like people called that were concerned that wanted them helped and I think that's important because you know you're not a bad person if you're suffering from a mental health episode like you you need understanding and you need help when you're going through something like that you just need to stop and take a breather and have somebody look at you and like hold your hand and just be like, breathe with me. Like, it will be okay. Right. So, yeah, that is the story of the Trump family and their their road trip. That's incredible. Told you it wasn't a bummer one. That's good. I mean, that's good. Like, I hope they did get the mental help. I hope it did bring awareness of like these kind of situations that can mm-hmm. happen. And there's help available. It's okay to admit that you need help. It's okay to admit that you're not doing okay. And that, you know, hopefully you have people in your life who, if you tell that to them, they're going to lean in and want to listen instead of, I think nine times out of 10, people are going to want to listen to you and help you rather than be like, "Uh, no, I'm not dealing with this. So, right. Yeah. We all, we all can use a little help sometimes. Right. I do know too. And I am very thankful that I do have you to talk to if I ever like go off the rails. Oh, we vent to each other all the time. Of course. And like the other day when I sent you like five really long text messages complaining about something and I'm just like, it she helps. knows I can vent to her. It's it cool. Always. <laughs> it's just to complain sometimes. Sometimes you have yeah. to. Exactly. All right. Well, welcome to 2020. <laughs> Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay. My story next week is going to be kind of more of a bummer, especially for the men. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They might not like this story as much. The women might like it, but they shouldn't. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Oh, I have to figure out what this one is. <laughs> yeah, this one may not be popular among. It may make <laughs> the them male scared. Population. Sorry, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, thank you for hanging in with us. Any stories you want to request, darker side of life podcast at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram, which I need to get better with updating. I realize that now I'm settled. I can actually think about putting things on Instagram now. Darker side of life. Uh, we're at Twitter at, at DSOL podcast. And much like Kristen, I have no excuse though. I just <laughs> I suck at Twitter and we're still we're still on there so if you guys want to hit us up on twitter i mean i'll get the notification it just yeah. may take me a little while to yeah. respond i'll get them on instagram i just life got a, a little person. busy for the last <laughs> yeah, month or so moved florida to ohio and it was an ordeal <laughs> yes it was so but so hopefully next time we'll be a little more settled yeah we should be good we should i'll bum be good. all the guys out sorry
Sorry, guys. And if you have any thoughts on Folia Do or Folia Twa or Folia Group, group, then <laughs> give us a shout. We would love right, to hear then. about it. All right. right Till next time. Bye. Bye. a rod.